Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of What's Next. It is, what is it? It is Wednesday, December 13th. Um, a fun one here today, guys. We, um, you know, it's the holidays. It actually was a night two of Hanukkah, so happy Hanukkah to my Jewish family, friends, and everyone out there, the chosen ones, the tribe. Um, hopefully you're enjoying some time with some family. It's been uh, it's been a bit tricky getting guests over the last couple weeks just with Thanksgiving, everybody getting back, people moving schedules. Um, so we actually thought it was a good time to get back together, just the four of us. We're 13 episodes in now, um, I think. I know we've had part one and two of a few of them. Um, but I think we're enough of the way through this to kind of do a level set and just give you guys a bit of perspective on who we are, um, where we're coming at this. Um, so you get the four of us. You get Gary, Aunt, Kevin, and I. Uh, and I kind of moderate us through a discussion of some of the main points that have come up so far. Um, we talk about failure, what it means to us. Um, and then once again, you get a bit more of the story behind each of us, how we're approaching this podcast and, uh, and what it means to us. So I think you get a better understanding of our relationship. Um, you kind of understand that dynamic that we have, what it's like to have been teammates, you know, for so long and friends for even longer. Um, so, it's, so it's a cool one. I, I enjoyed this and I hope it's, um, you know, it's the new norm for us, for, uh, for the dynamic of more of us getting together um, and also bringing on some, uh, some better guests. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, get a better sense of who we are, what we're bringing to this podcast. Uh, please share it, keep liking it, and uh, enjoy the holidays. All right, um, guys, we're back. We're trying this again. Um, this is not an official episode, but for everybody listening at home, it is just the guys. I guess that's what we can call it, just the guys if we want to. Um, the boys. It's, it's just the boys. Um, it's the four <laughs> of us. You've got Neil here, Gary, Ant, and Kevin um, for everybody at home, how we have done this this podcast all the way through, um, we're all in separate rooms. We just we just tried to record it, and we're we're going back. Um, we've had some technical difficulties, but that that's kind of part of of the process for us. What we wanted to do, um, as we're what about 13 episodes in, um, is just kind of get a check on some of the major themes that have come up throughout the episodes, some things that we want to harp back on, some things that have been coming up even in Ant's, um, Ant's Chalk Talks, his Monday morning columns, um, and, and just kind of circle around that. Um, what I want to start with, guys, and I'll kind of moderate us through um, this this little chat, uh, is let's go around. And as we're 13 episodes in, it, it's been it's been a cool process. Well, it's been five or six months now uh, of us putting this together, getting hats together, um, we'll link, you know, to some of those pics of, of our hats, some stickers, some cool little products. Um, but I'll, I'll start with uh, I'll start with you, Gary. Um, what's been, I guess, your favorite moment uh, of the podcast so far? How we put this thing together? Um, well, we've had some pretty pretty hilarious kind of bloopers happen uh, that people may or may not have heard because either I edited them out or. You didn't catch them, but we caught them, and it's things that Kevin said, or or times when I couldn't get an introduction out of my mouth for whatever reason, um, and then also Adam Greenberg calling me out for for uh, having a great conversation with him when I didn't say anything. Um, <laughs> but I'd say um, the my favorite moment would be when we were finally able to connect with someone that you know we weren't necessarily in contact with before so Kevin Cope when he reached out uh, I thought that was really cool kind of brought everything together and it, and it kind of justified what we what we had been doing and, and he, he he came to us he wanted to help he wanted to be a part of it and the first thing that we could think about was interviewing him and he turned out to be one of my favorite interviews um, that I've listened to a couple times um, and I learned something new from it every, every time I listen to it so uh, definitely, definitely that whole concept of, of bringing athletes together and, and, and giving them a, an, an outlet or a medium to, you know, project their thoughts. Yeah. I mean, that, I remember that one that came in, what three, we had, uh, like the contact form set up on our website or, or was it a, was it a LinkedIn message? Um, Kevin, did he reach out no, to I you? I think, I think he just emailed us at the what's next email yeah. address and it came to all four of us. Um, it was yeah, it was great. We responded right away, and he was gotten a call, and Gary and I got in a call with him 
just to like make sure make sure we want to interview him, see what he was about. And then we're like, yes, we have to, we have to interview. Well, like here we are starting something where we're trying to connect people. And then the first person that we don't know reaches out. We're like, Oh shoot. Like, yeah. Um, no, do we have to vet this person? Like, how does that work? And I thought it was one of our top, top episodes so far. It was really cool. Definitely. Kevin, how about, um, how about you, man? Um, I, th- I know you're responsible for a good chunk of the guests that we've had on here. Um, any certain moment kind of stand out for you so far? Well, the outreach alone is what excites me about this. I love reaching out to whether it's my network or following up with just people that that I see through social media, through Instagram, or um, just that are friends of friends of friends. And I like the outreach. I like pitching the idea to people. And it all started with Viana, who was episode one. She was doing some big things with Teammates for Life. Um, I'd known her all my life. She's a family friend of ours. And I pitched the idea to her, and she was super excited, which got me excited. Um, so that was that's one thing that um, sticks out in my mind is just the initial interview, the initial reach out, and then the second one would be um, Adam Greenberg, his his interview as well, because I was just sitting by the pool reading his book, which is titled Get Up, um, and I texted you, Neil, and I was like, dude, you got to read this book. And also, we need to find a way to get him on the podcast because he was like the epitome of what we're trying to do here. And within, I think it was a week or two weeks, we had contacted him, gotten his commitment, and had him on, had him on uh, the podcast. And it was like, wow, that just happened. We just reached out to a former big leaguer, author, et cetera. And he was super excited, which you know really fueled my fire here. Yeah, it's been a kind of like a, a shift on how you perceive people before you reach out to him. Cause I think that was like right after his today show, um, today show interview. So I, I know your mom yeah. was like, he'd be perfect. And one yeah. of Mallory, my fiance's friends was like, get him on. And you're yeah, like, my mom yeah, was sure. the one, <laughs> my mom was the one who rec- bought the book for me. I came home for the weekend and the book was just sitting there. She's like, you got to read this. And she's like, I saw him on the today show. It was awesome. And I was like, all right, I'll read it. And then it just like, boom, it all, we had to get him on. Yeah. Nice. Super shout, helpful. Shout out to Kev's mom. <laughs> Yep. The brain's the connector behind it all. Um, and how about you, buddy? I know you've, um, for those who haven't been reading them, the Monday morning chalk talk that Ant's, have, Ant's been putting out, um, if you like the kind of long form, something to read in the morning to kind of calibrate yourself before the week, um, those have been awesome. We've been doing them, what, a couple of weeks now, Ant, right? Like you're on four or five? Yeah, I think about four or five. And that's that's definitely one of the, one of the things I really enjoy. Um, so far has been using what's next as like a creative outlet. Um, I guess that's kind of self-indulgent, but it feels good to be able to put that out there and to potentially be, be helping people. Um, even though you may not know who reads it or who it's helping. Um, I enjoy doing that piece. And so it's been cool that that kind of came to the surface. Um, another thing that I, I really like about the podcast is kind of getting the surprise feedback at random moments. Um, that's been really cool. I mean, like, I know we have the feedback from like our family members, like almost immediately and stuff. Cause they're always our biggest supporters, but, uh, I'll be at like the gym or I was even at a wedding at the end of the summer and someone just come up to me and say like, Hey, that episode with, uh, Kevin Cope was really good. I like, I connected with that. And it'd be kind of like out of nowhere, like I hadn't talked to this person in, you know, in a while. And that's what they bring up that like, that's kind of cool. Um, this guy at the gym who I'm like friends with, but he's been he's been gone for a bit. He just had a baby and stuff. He's a big soccer guy. Um, uh, he's an athletic director at a, at a school. And so we have some similar interests and whatnot. But he uh, he came up to me the other day when I saw him. He was just uh, bringing his baby to the gym just to like show everyone. And uh, he was like, hey, really listen to that uh, last episode with uh, the hockey player from Quinnipiac. He's like, I've just been in this like podcast mode. And he rattled off like uh, like Pod Save America, like all these podcasts that are like the top 10 if, of 2017. And then he was like also listening to our podcast. And I was just like, well, that, that's like kind of wild and like really cool that like your time is being consumed by like some like way more high profile stuff, but then you're also finding the time to like and enjoy like this kind of uh grassroots stuff that we're putting out. So that kind of feedback has been like, like great to get. Cause you can, you know, you feel validated for it, but then you also are motivated to continue to work with it. So. Yeah. It's a weird, it's a weird combination of feelings, right? Like there's probably the humble slash pride slash like, 
oh, it's not that great. It's a work in progress. And then you're like, wow, this thing actually, it, it has spread. And, you know, there's certain, you, you see the views on SoundCloud. There's certain people that, um, you know, a variety of people are just resonating with, whether it's an athlete or not. And I think uh, um, my, I guess my favorite thing so far, and you hear all these, like these growth guys and these podcasts, and they'd say, focus on your niche audience and, you know, fall in love with your first audience. And I know we're trying to do that, uh, but it is cool how this is kind of a sports focus. We're finding the commonality in all of us, but um, it has applied to people, you know, outside of sports or somebody, maybe they just played and oh, it wouldn't be relevant to me. Um, and you, you know, like, no, it actually would be helpful. And uh, there was one guy um, that we're friends with that's a, an army veteran. And he was like the com, you know, the concept there. And, and you and I talked about this, but um, it, it, it applies to them too. Like you're, you're getting out of something you identified with what's next. How do you, how do you move on? Um, and I, I thought that was pretty telling. So we're kind of in a balance of this applies to a lot of people, but like we want to find, um, you know, focus on the sports angle. I think that's been an exciting challenge and one, one of my favorite moments so far. Um, and you mentioned, uh, resources and other podcasts. Um, one of the questions we got, um, was, you know, what, I guess, what kind of information do we consume? And, um, so is it like you have a favorite podcast or, um, or book that, um, or, or, you know, any certain content that you like the most? Uh, I have a uh, book that, that I've been, uh, recommending to the last couple of people that I've talked to in, uh, in relationship to kind of like self-help stuff. Um, I think a lot of people are consumed by the idea of self-help in general. And there's a lot of kind of like pop science and pseudoscience like around it. But, uh, a book that one of my professors wrote living in the sweet spot, uh, Dr. Baltzell, she was a, like a huge mentor of mine and it's like a really tactical book. It's actually like looks almost more like a workbook. Um, but there's also some storytelling in it. So I've recommended that to uh, a couple people who have been looking for like some really tangible strategies in terms of like mental skills training, like visualization and goal setting and things that like I've talked about either on the podcast or written about in Chalk Talk and they've consumed it. And a large portion of that I've gotten from her and from her book, we used the text in class. And so it's not just for a person like me in that field to consume, like it could be wholly consumed by anyone who's in Barnes and Noble looking in the self-help section and they're kind of getting something that's real fluffy and vague. Um, I try and recommend this cause it's, it's, it's much more real and evidence-based, but not over your head type of thing. So it's tactical. It's like, yeah. that's what you like about it. Yeah. I like that. hundred percent. Yeah. And, and that's kind of a, a message, I guess, that gets lost the more you consume on Instagram or you see people at a certain stage and it, they're very black and white with do this, you know, work harder. Or there's 24 hours in a day, you know, those types of mantras. But I think a lot of people just get like all riled up, but they don't know how to actually deploy techniques. So it sounds like that's pretty helpful for you. Yeah. I mean, I use some of this stuff in my day to day life for me personally, for the kids that I work with and whatever. But, uh, also that piece of literature just to recommend out. I mean, it's inexpensive. You can get it on Amazon or whatever. Awesome. Uh, li yeah. Living in the sweet spot. It's a good, it's a good thing to put on your shelf. Love it, man. We'll link to it too. Um, Kevin being a podcast snob, any podcasts that come to mind, any, any books or any yeah. piece of content you like to reference? Yeah. I'll, well, one pa podcast that I listen to regularly is the school of greatness podcast with Lewis house. Um, he also has a book called The School of Greatness, which got me into the podcast. So I recommend both the book and the podcast. But if you don't know about Lewis Howes, he's a former pro football player who um, turned himself into an entrepreneur by you know, hosting LinkedIn events. And now he's built, over the last five years, a following of over a million people. And he interviews some of the people. He interviews the people who he thinks are, quote unquote, great. Um, and they're major players in the field, like Tim Ferriss. He interviews Ray Lewis from the Ravens. Um, uh, I mean, Maria Sharapova, the list goes on and on. So that is a great podcast. Check it out. He puts out at least one or two episodes a week. Um, and then one of the books I'd recommend is a book that Tone actually gave to me when we lived together in Boston. Um, it's called Start Something That Matters by Blake Mykoski. 
Um, sick book. It's super short. You can read it in. I read it on a plane ride. I think in like two hours. Um, and it's about if you don't know Blake Mykoski, he founded Tom Shoe Company, and we have a quote from him on our website as well. But the book is just very tactical, practical. It teaches you how he started um, Tom Shoe Company, anything from like how to get a company up and running to the mindset you have to have to be successful. So that's a, another book I'd highly recommend. That, that one came up um, in, uh, what was it, Haley with Jones? Haley. Yeah, with yeah. Haley. She also read it, and she was like, that's how I started Jones Bar. And yeah. because I read that book, and I like got all this inspiration. So I kind of felt that the same way after reading it. And, and you, I mean, you guys both read that book. It's not just about bu- building a business, right? It's like building a business the right way, kind of being or founded just, in your vision. I, I haven't read it it's yet. It's not so even I'll... about a business. It's more of just yeah. starting something that means something to you, whether it's a business, whether you want to make money from it or or not. And it's just something that gets you excited and like doing something every day to working towards a goal and like finding that, I don't want to sound cliche, but finding that passion um, and like seeing it through. There, there are a bunch of cool anecdotes from the book. One that I particularly remember um, in the storytelling aspect is they were sitting in just like, I don't know, it could have been like Blake's bedroom, but they were in, in just like a, yeah, his apartment. And there was like, I don't know, like 10 of them maybe. And they had like, uh, Kev, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was like when they were first like getting a contract or something and the person on the other end of the phone like asked to speak with uh, with the manager. It, it was like, Nordstrom. Nordstrom. Okay, yeah. Like the, the main buyer from Nordstrom and like called them. You can finish the story. Yeah. No, no, go ahead, Tom. I think Nordstrom called them and was just like, can we talk to like the manager, the owner, like, you know, someone high up essentially. And they were all just like passing the phone around like in a circle because they were so like ground level with where Tom's was at that point. And uh, I, I don't remember exactly where I went from there, but that was just yeah. like a really cool piece of like, wow, they really started from nothing. Yeah. He was like, yeah, like the, I just threw the phone across the room. I was like, dude, you're the head of sales right now. Like act like it. Sell this to Nordstrom. <laughs> And the guy just like went in and sold it, and he was like, "That's how we like got started. That was our first order, big order." <laughs> insane, insane. Fake it till you make it. I love it. Um, Gary, what about you? Um, any like resources that you go back to? We were, we're saying podcasts and books now, but anything come to mind for you? Yeah, um, a little bit more of a book guy. Um, there's one in particular. It's called Extreme Ownership. So um, it's written by two Navy SEALs. And what they do is they take stories from their Navy SEAL days. Um, they t- they tell you about like life and death situations, missions that they were on, and the concepts of of you know the leadership that made those times successful or how they weren't successful, and how they you know learned more about how to lead um, at the time. And then they apply it to business. And what they now do is they go to pretty well-known businesses, successful companies, and they teach people how to lead. And they use these military examples and concepts. And it's kind of crazy how how intertwined the two can be. Um, and yeah, just uh, and really resonated with me because, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of military in my background, uh, in my family background, uh, have a ton of uh, buddies in the military. You guys, I'm sure, is, uh, do as well. But um, the, the stories, you know, uh, being in a, a life or death situation and then applying that to a business concept, uh, and it, it, it kind of, one, it, it's like, shows you, like, your job isn't that hard, first of all, and second of all, it just kind of shows you, you have to take complete, um, I mean, complete ownership for the things that happen uh, on your day-to-day if you want to make a difference. And that's just one thing that I took from it. And that's kind of how I started to think about where I wanted to go with my future and where I'm at now, I think, is a lot to do with the book, um, kind of taking taking hold of, of where I want to be. Oh, man. Do you want – I mean, for, for those – I mean, we're talking about what's next, right? And we – I guess we'd be stupid not to acknowledge like you're figuring that out as well. Like, do you care to talk about that as little as much as you like? I mean, you're going through a time of transition, chasing your passion. I think it's a case in point of what we're what we're talking to our guests about and our audience about. Yeah. So, I mean, I left college not really completely sure of what I wanted to do, kind of just taking opportunities as they came to me. And I was lucky enough to get pretty quick opportunities and uh, I worked in the city at two, you know, software companies, essentially. Um 
and then I fell into another opportunity um, with uh, uh, Bobak, who is the CEO of Prolific, um, who went to Quinnipiac, played baseball, um, and he started a company that designs and develops apps. And I was really lucky to get that because, aside from you know what the company actually did, I learned a lot from him, and he he taught me a lot about you know doing what you're passionate about, like anything that I did there, he wanted to make sure that, you know, it was something I wanted to do, because if it's not something that you really want to do, then you're not going to do it to the rest of your ability. Uh, and then it kind of started to apply that to, you know, is, is this as a whole what I want to do. So turns out it wasn't, and I was trying to figure out what it was that I wanted to do. Um, started um, looking into creating mentorship programs for um, the athletes, specifically the baseball team at Quinnipiac, and then really enjoyed doing that. And then this podcast came along, and you know, really full on loved doing that, and um, kind of wanted to figure out a way to make it into a career. And the only thing I could think of was um, athletic administration for at the college level. And that's kind of what I started to do. Um, and that's where I am now. So I'm interning at Quinnipiac um, in the athletic administration. I'm working um, in a bunch of different facets, trying to get gain experience. Uh, I, you know, I've had interviews at other places. Um, I've, I've applied to a hundred different places, and they all told me, you know, you don't have enough experience. So that's what I'm doing now, getting the experience I need, so that one time comes and and that 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 opportunity comes that I really want, I'll have the experience, and no one can tell me that you know, you you don't. So that's where I'm at now. Awesome. I love it, man. That's awesome. And I, I think, um, you know, Kevin, you were talking about it in, um, in Matt Pegler's interview. Like sometimes you, you both, you guys both share that, that law school commonality and you both kind of graduated and you, you weren't really sure, um, you know, if, if you were going to find a career, like what you were going to law school technically for, and it was almost like three more years to, to find it out. And, I mean, I know you're in a career right yeah. now where you're like the schedule varies every day. I mean, we had what well, we've had you, Matt Pegler, Minyard on our quick hit. Like there's yeah. a certain commonality there, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I just viewed I just viewed law school as a delay. I mean, well, I shouldn't say that. I was very interested in the profession and I wanted to go live with Tone in the city. And <laughs> <laughs> That's great, dude. <laughs> Good so, excuse to go live. I think an expensive excuse to go live with your friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your parents are going to love hearing that. <laughs> no, no. In all honesty, though, I, I knew I wanted to go to law school um, ever since really high school. I took a intro to law class and I knew it was one subject that I was really interested in. So I figured, you know, I'm very, I'm very curious. So I was like, I'm going to go to apply to law school. I got in with hopes of like using the law degree in the sports field as well. Um, but as I went through more classes and um, met more people, I knew that I want to work for a big company in-house. So I just saw that right away. And I was lucky enough to actually land a job working for a company in-house here um, as opposed to a law firm. But I've also, you know, I still don't, like, I, like, same as Gary, I still question, like, is this what I want to do forever? And I can't say yes right now. And maybe it, maybe it transforms into that. But I'm also, like, trying to you know, use, I mean, this is one avenue that really gets me excited, but I've tried to take on some baseball clients who are, who've gotten drafted and are in the minor leagues now and try to use my law degree to help me stay in the sports field as well. So at the same, same as Gary, I'm still trying to figure it out and I'm just like playing around. And, uh, I, I mean, it's fun right now. What do I have to lose? Nothing. Yeah. And I think that's kind of like, um, a common theme like when people are asking like how do, how do you have time to do that like we're, we're you know granted our schedules are tough and getting the four of us on a skype is tricky but i think you find time one and it's an excuse for us to catch up and see how we're doing um but it, it's a good outlet for us um and i, and I think that's one way to, to find your passion is to to find those things that you're making time for like if you're making time on a nine at nine o'clock at night on a thursday and I haven't even eaten dinner yet, but I'm making time for it. Like, I know, like, I'm passionate about this. Because if I wasn't passionate about it, I wouldn't be, I w I'd make some excuse not to be here. So, I mean, that's one, one thing that I'm finding along the way, too, is, like, things I make time for, th those mean something. Love it. And I want to call to you quickly, because <laughs> from my point of view, correct me if I'm wrong, but you kind of have this, this gut point, or, or Tarka, not, I think Tarka referred to it as like a stuck point. And I, I remember it in college where you went from business focus to 
your, your psych background and, and this path you're on now. Um, for those, you know, I mean, we're, we're speaking to some college students, some in there now, I guess, talk through that period of change. And, you know, we've all said, we don't know if we're in a career that's a passion of ours. I think out of the four of us, I'd say you're pretty damn close to it. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah, I guess talk through that process and, and where you're at now, what you're doing. Yeah. I mean, at the, at the time when it was, um, when you're supposed to make a decision about what you want to do and you're, you know, 18 years old or whatever, you kind of just, a lot of people do this, just do what their parents kind of condition them to think or do. So that's where I kind of landed when I started at Quinnipiac and, uh, you know, kind of just a general business, uh, undecided major. But, uh, I quick, you know, quickly, I'd say in like a year realized I wasn't really, nothing was, was catching for me. So, um, I switched my major liberal arts undecided for like two semesters and took a bunch of random classes. And then I got into like a bunch of psychology classes, sociology classes. So I declared as a, as a psych major and that also helped me as an athlete, um, learning different advantages and disadvantages that related to my performance. And so I was doing research for my class, but the research was like kind of helping me perform. Um, so it kind of just like spiraled quickly from there. And I got into some sport performance related psychology stuff and uh, did some volunteer work on an opposite spectrum in like substance abuse and uh, other acute mental health diagnoses, which are, um, you know, different than performance, but still kind of in the same field. Um, so then I applied to grad school in a mental health counseling program that had a concentration in sport and performance psychology. So I knew I could stay connected uh, in that way. And then it was like, I had really good mentors and some good internships and that kind of like really directed me down um, a path to where I am now. So counseling in a school and doing a lot of coaching on the side privately and teams and with teams. Um, so I can't say that I'll work as a counselor in a school forever, but I will work, I think I'll work in mental health at some capacity and be connected to baseball as a coach or maybe something a little more advanced, um, a director of something. Uh, I've had ideas about nonprofit work and different combinations of, uh, the things I'm interested in. So it's kind of, it kind of was a windy path for a while, but, uh, you know, I figured it out for the for the time being, but there's it's always evolving and always kind of day to day, like just different thoughts. But the the thoughts are kind of within the same network of what I like and what I know. Like it's not totally like I wake up one day and I'm like, uh, I'm gonna go, I don't know, work in sales. You know, I don't think that, but I think like uh, maybe if I like link up with a couple of these people that I'm that I'm close with that. Um, have similar interests, like we'll open a nonprofit and we'll do this kind of work, like just like stuff like that, that's still in the field, but um, it's kind of expansive, my expanding, you know, my creative abilities and just growing as a, as a person and a professional, you know? Yeah. I mean, do you think like they truly, these thoughts are truly like you're in the right spot or is there any like reframing of your mindset at all where, you're kind of tying it back to something like I, and I call back to Minyard. Um, it was shocking to me of like, here we are and everybody's wakes up and they've got this pounding. Is this right? Because they see so many distractions out there of what other people are doing. And he's just taking it day by day as a learning experience and applying it back to this might be, this is not the end all position, but I'm on the right path. I mean, is it like that in or, or you truly feel like it's all kind of in the right space? I guess these thoughts or whatever. I mean, I think it's like kind of nuanced. Like, I think it's both in that you can wake up all the time and have those thoughts, but like a lot of them are fleeting. Like you have them, they exist and then they kind of like, they pass over and then you get involved in something else. But um, when you like, you're stuck on one for a while, um, I don't know, I've explored like, am I really where I'm supposed to be? And most of the time the answer comes back to, yeah, like I think, you know, confirmingly so, like, I, th I think I am, but there's still variation to, like, to branch out and do different things, um, but in relation to what Mignard said, like, it's all part of almost, like, building a personal portfolio for yourself, because, you know, it's, no one is ever gonna, I guess, 
be in their first position or their first job or their first career um, for the next 50 years. Like that would be, that would be crazy. So, um, you know, what he, what he says definitely has some truth to it. Yeah. And, uh, and that's one thing, like, um, I was managing a group, I think it was, it was six or so my last job, a lot first or second career or first or second position out of school, a lot younger than us. Um, and you know, the, the message was to them is like, this might not be your career or the end all, but that's not an excuse to just not apply yourself in certain things. Like you have to pick up certain tools, yeah, develop the skills, right? Like it's a saying, I feel like even our parents said back in the day, like you, you gotta have skills, you don't have any skills. Like it's yeah. the same thing and it's whether you can manage your, your time better, time management skills, or you can talk to people on the phone, you have no problem picking it up, but you have to add these things to your tool belt or you just will have wasted time. You had gone through your nine to five and it's not where you wanna be and therefore you're not applying yourself and then it's just a wasted day. But um, I think it's cool, like this podcast has at least allowed us to just pick up different habits, which is um, a segue into one point was, you know, has, has anybody on these podcasts help, like helped you change new habits? I think Alex uh, Minor Baron, who we had on, he was big in kind of mental positive talk and and mindfulness um but do you guys one have you picked up anything from this podcast or do you have habits in your day-to-day -day? i think we're all somewhat superstitious uh from our sports background any habits that jump out to you guys that, that you like or anything our readers need to know yeah um, things that kind of help you get through the day or, or ground you at the beginning yeah i mean uh, one i'll talk about two things one is from wyatt's interview when he talked about how he went on, he tries new things with himself and like how he went on a, a kick where he wouldn't, he like disconnected from social media. And I can't say I've completely disconnected from my phone and social media, but I will say I'm much more conscious of it now on a daily basis where I like, I won't look at Instagram or something or, I mean, it sounds so, so, so lame, but I won't look at Instagram or something till like after work. Like, I won't even look at it during work. Whereas before, like, sometimes I'd look at it in the morning, whatever. But I'm trying to, like, take my, like, focus more on the job and the people I'm connect talking to at work. Um, so maybe that's one, one thing I've taken from an interview. But another thing, it sounds so simple. I took it from Lewis Howe's book, School of Greatness. And he has a whole chapter. It's called Make Your Bed. And it's so, such a simple task. And just to get up and make your bed. There's so many people who would just like get up and just get out of bed, don't even make it. But he was, he's like, he's like, you, you make your bed and it's like the first thing you do, you accomplish something right away for the day. And it like, for me, I, I do it every day and my fiance may, may call me out a couple of times when I don't on the weekends or something. But there are times, like on a daily basis, I make the bed. It gives me like a sense of accomplishment. Like I just did something and now I can move on to the next thing. I don't have to think about it. And then it like kind of gets me and I'm making more out of it than it really is, but it gets me <laughs> no. on like a right track on the right track. And it, yeah. he, that's what he talks about in his book. Just like starting something with, yes, something's accomplished. Now let's go do something else. Love it. Love it. Um, and you were talking about your background going into sports psychology. I know your, your big thesis, right? Senior year was about, was it the mental prep or I don't want to speak for you, but super like superstitious, how it applies. Yeah, it looked, it, looked into, uh, it looked into superstitions and how, how they exist in sports and then also looked at the uh, benefits of having some sort of pre-performance routine, um, which a lot of people, athletes have in like self-paced sports like golf or shooting free throws in basketball, pitchers, things like that. So I was doing research in, in that area. But uh, I've tried to detach from a lot of that kind of that kind of thinking in a sense, um, because it, it almost made me paralyzed. Um, so there's a term called like magical thinking. And it's like, if you, you already foresee the outcome, um, before it happens. So like you, uh, you're, you're so indebted to this superstition that when everything else happens in your life, you then revert back to kind of like blaming on the fact that like you didn't shower before you did this thing. And that really had no implication on how it, how the outcome was, but, uh, you became so paralyzed and like, you know, compulsive about the superstition that 
it really took away from you performing at the task at hand. So I've tried to like distance myself from some of those habits that were affecting me negatively. And they weren't just related to, to sports. They were, they happen all the time. I'm sure you have things like in your life or in your relationships too, that you do that you could step away from. Um, but, uh, a habit, it's not really a habit that I do now, but, um, I just like to dress really nice for work. Um, and I, <laughs> I mean, I work in a school so I could dress like a little more casual, but I try to like dress up a bit because it just makes me, I guess it's similar to what Kev said almost like it just makes me feel more prepared. I feel like ready and important and like, I'm just feeling confident and good. So like, it's not a habit, but that's something I, uh, it's a lifestyle. that's something I'm, yeah, it's something I'm conscious of. Yeah. So. Yeah, Rigatoni9 on Instagram. That that handle dates back to our sophomore year when, when you were new to Twitter. Uh, but check out check out his Instagram. We'll see some of the style. His scarf game is is it's fresh. Pretty pretty fresh. Um, what about what about you, uh, Gary? You, were, you talked about before. You, you're in a crazy time of transition. So the idea of hab- habit is actually it's a pretty interesting case study, right? Because you're, you're, are you couch surfing now? Like you're at a point where you're like, you're in, you're in route to the next step. Like your thoughts on habits, anything you're kind of carrying with your, yourself as you, as you navigate this. Well, honestly, one of my, like one of my probably best habits is something I'm not really too able to do at the moment. So um, and I'm, I'm feeling the effects, which is, you know, being just like Kevin, going back to what Kevin said, the little things, making your bed, but it's buying groceries and then being able to cook for yourself. And because I feel like it, it plays into so many different things. One, just a health thing, you know, just check, you buy healthy foods and you feel better. And then that leads into if you're going to buy healthy foods and eat better, you're going to work out, you're going to exercise, and that just helps you in everything else, that, that, at least for me. Um, just the way I feel. I feel better after being active. And then it's just, you know, prioritizing your schedule um, and and figuring out, you know, when you're going to have time to cook. And and it, it's just a whole bunch of little tasks that you, you, you surround your day or that one day or throughout the course of the week that you have to do and you, you know you have to do. Um, and it just makes you plan out everything else so much better um aside from just all the mental and, and physical health benefits that you know buying healthy foods have um so i mean that that's just one thing i, I miss doing because i i'm, I'm not going to take up somebody else's fridge i'm just not going to do it um, um but yeah and it stops you from from going out and eating shitty foods and then just you know but it's just focusing on on the little things kind of like making your bed you know it's it's such a simple task but the more you do it and the more you get into a habit things just think uh, other things just seem almost as minimal you know i love it man um i guess mine i, I don't know if it's necessarily a habit as much as it's kind of changing the mentality and that was one thing i mean you listen to guys like adam greenberg on was episode 10, 11, Alex, one of the most recent ones, like they're just overtly positive and it's like something that either they chose or it's a decision that they make. I don't like, you're going to have bad days. Like, especially if you're not in the career, that's a bona fide passion. Like they seem to be. Um, so I can't say like, you know, a call goes long or something gets totally whacked at work and I'm working late. Like I'm not just going to be like punching away like, yeah, oh yeah, let's do it. Email read, email read, email read. Like this is not going to happen, but I can do my best to kind of change the narrative on certain cases and make it less about things that are happening to me. Um, and I remember you told me this like a year after you graduated when you were going through school. It was like, if you're in a funk, like dive in heavy to that next conversation, be like all there, be present. Um, so I guess that'll be my habit. Like if I'm feeling kind of down, um, who's the next person on my left, just like start a conversation. Or if I'm going out to lunch, it's not just 30 minutes to grab my food and get there. Like who's, who's sitting to my left or who's at the cashier, um, and and just kind of dive into a a conversation and talk to people in person more. I like that. Yeah. Um, so we're, well, we're at 30 something minutes. I'm going to keep it fairly shorter for our audience. Um, Mm -hmm. Let me see. We've got a few other questions that come to mind. Ideally, what about a purchase? Yeah, let's let's do that because you know this thing keeps growing. We, um, 
Maybe we'll get some advertisers, some products. But in, in the meantime, <laughs> uh, for our audience or those, you know, maybe balling on a budget, uh, like Alex Miner was saying, um, was he got the rice and beans lifestyle? I thought that was yeah. funny. Um, but let's talk about a purchase. And I know it's asking a lot going back five years, but a purchase that you've made, let's say less than a hundred dollars, um, that it's either something you use today or, or it had such an impact on you. Um, no double dipping on books. Um, but a purchase you made under, under a hundred dollars in the last five years that, um, was, was big for you. Um, I'll go first. Um, Neil, you may answer this. You may have the same answer. But um, I bought the five-minute journal recently. I bought it about a month ago or two months ago. And it's on Amazon. It's 25 bucks, 20 bucks maybe. Um, and it's literally just a journal. And it guides you through three a morning session and a quick night session. You open it up. It gives you a nice little quote. And it says, what are three things you're grateful for in the morning and then it says what's something that you want to get done today and then it says like a a uh an affirmation like i am dot 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 and you just write something that's on your mind and then at nighttime it says what are three things that are three amazing things that happened today and how could you have made today better and i i'm pretty consistent with it sometimes on the weekends i don't do it but at least during the week i do it in the morning and i before i go to bed i sit I fill it out and that's really like made me have more of a positive mindset and it's kind of fun to do. I do it with my fiance once in a while and say, what are some amazing things that happened today? And then it will just go over the things we've done today. Um, you saw me today. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't use that. Uh, I can't use that every night. Right now. So that's, so and here's, and there's, <laughs> and uh, so yeah, that's one purchase that has changed. I love it, man. Yeah, I, I did. I got it. And full disclosure, I've lapsed twice on it. So, I mean, I've had this thing, you know, I, I, and it might be something like what Ant was saying, like it almost became, I would, I would lose track of it. And it's my own fault. Like I just, I didn't keep up with it. I maybe started repurposing things and, you know, almost, I don't, I don't know. I, I didn't keep up with it like I should, but I fully endorse it. If anything, it's got a awesome quote to start off each day, like motivational quote, if you like that, or, or some instructional quote um, from somebody out there. Um, if anything, the book is worth it for that. But I, I thought that was a good answer, Kev. And what about you, bud? Um, so I'm breaking the rules a little bit here on the question. I'm, I'm going a tad over $100, but about uh, like three and a half years ago, I signed up to join a CrossFit gym. Mm -hmm. um, so those memberships vary in in the mid $100 range. So that's why I'm breaking the rules, but, um, I'll plug, plug my two gyms here. The first gym I started at in Boston, uh, JP CrossFit. And then the gym I go to now, uh, CrossFit by the sea. They, I wrote about this, that they just really help the idea, the culture of it just really helps fill the, the void of not being an athlete anymore. So you're in the gym, you're working on, um, different skills that were kind of acquired in your, you know, more traditional sports training, like we're doing a lot of Olympic lifting and gymnastics and things that, um, it's more of like learning and also like sweating and dying. But, um, it definitely, it's helped me, um, definitely fill a void and I can justify it. I don't know if other people can based on, you know, salary and whatnot, but I just make coffee from home on a daily basis instead of getting it out for like 350 for 30 days a month. And that adds up to about the same cost of the membership. So um, if you're thinking about doing something like that, um, go for it. Well, man, and that's, that's good. Like prioritizing too. It's a lesson in like what's, what's important. You clearly found something that's beneficial for you, like the, the tactics of it and the stretching and, and everything. So that's pretty sweet. How about you, Gary? I don't know, man. This is a tough one for me. I spend probably 80% of anything I earn on food in some way or another. Um, well, that helps, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, like I said, groceries, buying groceries. That's exactly what I was referring to. So Going to, going food shopping is therapeutic. That's like it is. Thing. I enjoy being in the grocery store. It's like stimulating and like feel you feel good, especially in Whole Foods. But yeah. Um, <laughs> There's also the people watching aspect, which is, you know, depending on where you are, is hit or miss. Um, 
I don't know. I'm also a very impulsive buyer, so things I buy aren't generally useful at all. Um, <laughs> but I guess I, I probably it's not really a tangible thing, more like an experience. So the, um, the we did a golf outing recently, um, and and I'm, this is not you know this has a, a ton of value for the one time for not for more than the one time that we did it. Because we got everyone together. It was a golf outing for uh, former baseball alumni at Quinnipiac, which you guys were aware of. Um, Kevin was there. Uh, but it was the experience that, you know, was so awesome in itself and so valuable. Getting everybody together. Some people knew each other. Some people didn't, which was cool. People meeting um, meeting some new faces, networking a little bit. Um, but I think just experiences sometimes are so much more valuable than actual tangible things. So... Um, an experience like that for, for me, just seeing people who I haven't seen in a long time and reconnecting and um, seeing where you're at and, and, and being able to help somebody else to get to where they want to be at some point, uh, that's probably, that's probably my, my best purchase. I love it. It's a good motto to live by, Gary. Yeah, Kev, what's your dad say? He always said you're better off spending all your money on experiences rather than things because the things will just wear out one day most likely or break so kev i've i've taken that saying and now now i've flipped it and it's i'm now justifying tangible things as experiences so i need to i need to your dad needs to feed me another (laughs) another saying that's on top of that or put some parameters around these experiences that i'm justifying you know paying for (laughs) dinner as an experience um i love it (laughs) i had I, i think i have two um and one is because I never wear them on podcasts and I screwed up the beginning of our session today, but I have wireless headphones. Um, they're these Empower Wolverines. They were literally, tw- I'm always on Amazon, but they were $25 and they're behind the head headphones. I've gone through two pairs of Beats by Dre headphones, wireless, you know, the LeBron ones work out, whatever. And in the time frame that I've had these, like they're 25 bucks, they lasted longer. Um, so that's huge, especially, you know, I travel a good bit for work, so they're always trusty, hang them over my shoulder. Um, but I, I thought that was one. And then like a good pair com- combined wise, I've spent more than a hundred, but in the, in the heat of it, a good pair of socks, um, and stand socks, <laughs> like a one-time buy. Love, love <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think like, that's to me, that's like my ability to kind of express myself like underneath it all, like whether I'm in a meeting or or, uh, you know, or just going to work, it's Monday, I need my good socks. Like I literally wear a pair, uh, two pairs. There's a red pair of shark socks that I have and then a blue pair of shark socks I have. If there's any big meeting I put on my shark socks, um, it's just like, it's stupid, it's conversation, whatever. But um, I'm now like, I've got a whole like, a meaning for every sock. So um, I think That's like good. having little ways to express yourself in the workplace is, is nice like that. <laughs> I also have this reversible belt, which has been huge. Oh, those are those are great. <laughs> there you go, Gary. Brown and black. Yeah, there what, you go, Gary. What brand is that? Give me a brand. Uh, I'm sure I got it for like for nothing at like Lord and Taylor or something. Uh, Penguin Originals. Oh, nice. Hey, that's good quality. Oh, man. <laughs> awesome, dudes. We are at right under the 50 minute mark. Um, Great. anything before we wrap up I, I like the style um it's a good chance for us to get together um but anything from any of you guys before we wrap it up no i would just say i would say be on the lookout for the next couple of podcasts coming down the line we got an exciting one for with the the bear sisters who started balance bears of three former soccer girl players who started a company together so that's coming up soon i think we have your dad right neil yeah, yeah, we're gonna get all the uh, the wise wisdom that my dad's imparted on me throughout the years. Some I've listened, some I've been dumb enough not to listen to, uh, but that's gonna be fun. Uh, Aunt and Aunt's got a good relationship with him, so I think we're gonna tag team that one, um, and he's all excited. So uh, tap into a new network, and I think it's gonna be fun. I'm pumped. Awesome, dudes. Um, this has been this has been fun, and uh, thanks for having us. I'll show. Thanks for having us, guys. You guys are all great guests. Favorite episode so far. Uh, <laughs> I love you guys. I'll talk to you and we'll we'll rock it next week. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. 
We were uh, we were joking around. I don't know if we publish when we publish this if we actually named it just the guys, but that was the name um, that came to mind. It was really fun just to kind of drop you know the scripts, the questions, um, and just get us just talking. Um, if you like that style, let us know. I think we'll do a bit more of it. Um, but it was it was cool for us just to catch up, especially how busy everybody is in the holidays. Um, so I, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, any feedback is always welcome. Um, hopefully you're reviewing this on um, on iTunes if you're listening, sharing the uh, SoundCloud link, um, and then just keep engaging with us on social media. Uh, we'll, we'll continue to ask for feedback, um, and please feel uh, feel welcome to do so. You know, we're, we're not just asking to ask. We really want to hear from you guys. We want to have that conversation because that's what it's all about here. Um, I do want to plug um, a company out there, um, and it's, it's headed up by Scott McGregor. I've known him, uh, from my hometown, Madison, Connecticut. The company is called try something new. Um, I will plug them in the blog, but it's try something new and they're, um, they're a national recruiting firm. They actually specialize in sales and marketing positions. Uh, but to me, I, I think they're just changing the way, uh, people are doing recruiting out there. They do it the right way. I follow Scott on LinkedIn, um, follow them on Instagram, uh, but he's going the extra mile. He's he's working with a lot of athletes. He's got a, quite the connection, the list. He's been trying to help us uh, get some new guests. Um, so just some unsolicited promotion for Scott and what he's doing. Um, if you're out there, especially in a sales or marketing role, um, check out trysomethingnewnow.com. We'll plug in the, uh, the Instagram page on this site. Um, but love what he's doing. Um, and I, ho- I hope you guys enjoy that as well. All right, everybody. Um, this is probably going to be published right before uh, Christmas. Um, so enjoy that time with your family. Um, Aunt had a, uh, a chalk talk a couple weeks ago going into Thanksgiving about recharging, uh, getting back. So I really hope you utilize that time. Uh, just express gratitude. Enjoy some time with family. Uh, put a little size on, <laughs> as my football friends would say. Um, get some mama's cooking and uh, enjoy it guys and we will come into right about the new year um, charged up ready to go taking on 2018 with some new guests uh, some new products new hats you guys have seen um, and we will do it with you guys with us every step of the way so thank you so much guys Um, enjoy the rest of the week or weekend and we will see you next time